Welcome to the Ignite Your Teaching video podcast, a show to inspire teachers to level up how they teach using simple systems and time-saving tools for their classrooms. Are you ready to ignite your teaching? Assessments are a crucial piece of understanding your students' progress and tailoring your teaching to their needs. So let's jump right into it. So there's three different types of assessments that we should be using inside our literacy program. These are diagnostic assessment, formative assessment, and summative assessment. Now, diagnostic assessment is the information you collect at the beginning of learning. Think of it as the information you are gathering at the start of each term. It's going to help you understand where your students are starting from and what their strengths and weaknesses are. Next, now let's dive deeper into diagnostic assessments. In recent years, if we've transitioned from balanced literacies to a structured literacy, the types of diagnostic assessments that we have used have evolved. While standardized reading assessment tools like DRA or CASI are still valuable, especially for junior grade teachers, we do need to expand our diagnostic toolkit. For, tool for instance, when we're assessing oral language fluency, reading fluency, and decoding skills, standardized assessments like DIBLES can be helpful. DIBLES offers a quick assessment for oral language fluency and comprehension using things like a maze assessment, where students are choosing the correct missing word from a sentence. Another effective way to assess student fluency and decoding skills is by using a nonsense word list. These lists contain made-up words that test the student's ability to apply phonics knowledge and their ability to decode words. They're a great screening tool to identify any issues with word memorization or whole world reading, whole word reading, which is going to be a problem for some of our junior students if that is the way they figured out how to decode. So it's a great way to highlight this as a red flag for students. Spelling diagnostics are also important. Spelling assessments like Words Their Way can be valuable even if you're not using the entire program. The diagnostic assessment within the programs like Ignited Spelling can help identify students' word patterns and spelling skills. Your writing diagnostic can be less formalized. It is simply, this can happen multiple times um, throughout the term, throughout the year, but you can simply ask students to write a recount, a story, or even a paragraph. And within their writing, you're going to collect this and you're going to look at the writing goals list that you have and you're going to assess students' word choice and vocabulary. You're going to assess things like their spelling, not perhaps specific spelling, although you might notice some patterns here, especially when looking at the spelling inventory, what kind of words and word patterns are they struggling with. But really, you're looking at the frequency of spelling and how they're actually spelling those words and making notes of those things. You're also going to assess the student's ability to write in sentences, use proper sentence structure, grammar, punctuation, and conventions within their writing. So you're really going to look at their writing and be making notes to determine what are they struggling with and what are going to be their initial first steps as writing goals for students. If you're looking for writing goals, you can find this within the Ignited Literacy Program, or you can find this separately on the Writing Goal Boards, which is available both in the Madly Learning Store and on TPT. Next, we have formative assessment. Now, this is the information that you collect each week as you cover different skills. It's about observing and recording students as they work in groups, collecting and marking work samples, and using various tools like exit cards, guided reading, conversations with the student and the teacher conferences to gather information about their learning. This is all about assessing students' progress as they learn it happens regularly, often on a weekly basis, and involves various strategies that allow us to observe and record the learning of our students. Now, some of the ways to conduct formative assessment. 
Now we can observe and record students as they work in groups. This is going to be your assessment as learning, and it's typically going to happen each and every week as we are covering different skills. We're going to be assessing and gathering information on student learning as they're learning. So in this phase, we're going to be observing and recording students as they're working in groups. We're going to be collecting and marking student work samples. We're going to be using exit or entry cards, guided reading conversations and observations, student teacher conferences, and the conversations we're having within those, as well as work from other subjects. Now, you absolutely do not need to mark everything. You really are just looking for evidence that they have skills. They're covering the skill sets and the goals that you're looking at. I find it's really important to pre-plan what you want to be collecting, what you want to be assessing, and definitely you don't need all of it. Now, remember when we're looking through formative assessment, we really need to think about what our job is and the goal of marking and assessing students. And the question isn't necessarily what mark did they get out of 10, but the, whether or not they understand something that we have taught them. Now, we can do this in a variety of ways, but when we free ourselves from the constraints of simply giving them, say, a mark out of 10 or really looking for the minute details of the things that they're doing and really looking more objectively at what they're completing, we really look, can look at it for a variety of ways as to whether or not we can determine whether they know how to do something or not. Do they understand how to do something and can they apply it to other contexts? So that when we're marking, it can help us determine the answers to these three questions. Can they do it? Can they apply it? And can they explain it? Now, when we're recording observations, we can ask ourselves the what do we see? So when we're looking at a student's piece of work, we're really simplifying this down to simply saying, well, what do I see evidence? What is the evidence that I see collected in the student work? It's not necessarily did they get seven out of 10, but it's what do I see? What is the evidence I'm looking at here? When I look at student work, what conclusions can I draw about their abilities, their strengths and their needs? What do I notice? What do I notice might be missing? And I'm asking here when I'm looking at, say, a piece of students writing or their reading response, do they understand this concept? Can they apply it? And can they explain it? And then once I'm done looking at that, I want to also be asking myself, what's next? And I want to know, well, where do we go from here? What are the next steps? What do they need to work on next? What level of competency does this show? And how can they move on? And really the answer is if they're somewhere on the scale of two through four, then I am confident that they can move on. And then I'm looking at what feedback I can provide. And this is this cycle of what do I see and what's next is really happening each and every week with its students. Now, one of the ways that you can track this is through a literacy tracker. Now, this is similar to the one that was in previous versions of Ignited Literacy, and this will be included as an, ex as an addition to Ignited Literacy. We're going to be adding this into the Ignited Literacy program, but it's very, with the change of the curriculum, but it's very similar to what we had previously. And this is a tracker based on skills. So instead of based on products or things that they do, what we're looking for here is the skills that we're working on this week. And we may have a variety of different things that we're collecting, but we're collecting it and looking for evidence of skills. So for example, on here, there is oral language. Throughout the week, we are looking for evidence 
inner for oral language skills that students can listen to lessons and then respond appropriately. So this is going to be based on the observations that we're using during our whole group lessons or even during our guided lesson. Can we provide evidence? Are we seeing evidence in our observations that a student is listening and can respond appropriately? So when we ask them a question, can they respond appropriately? Can they answer the questions that we ask with an appropriate answer? Can they respond to others? When we are speaking, are they using active listening strategies? What are we looking for this week and can they do it? And then we're simply going to give them a level out of four based on our observations. So do they do it all the time? Are they always listening? Are they always attentive to lessons? Are they always responding appropriately or not? And we're not necessarily looking for one moment in time. We're looking for a collective understanding throughout the week. And we can simply track that in the week. At the end of the week, we can say, Yes, they were. Perhaps at the end of a lesson, we can go through and say, this is the lesson I was really hoping they were going to listen to. Let me see if I can have them do listening and speaking. Maybe I'm only going to pick five students for today's lesson and see if they were listening to the lesson and able to respond appropriately. I may target those students particularly to ask them a question and seeing if they're responding appropriately. But how are we going to collect that information each week? And we're looking for the skill and evidence throughout the week. And it may not, maybe Monday is not their day for a lesson, but maybe on Tuesday, they really show a great listening. So we want to use that day as the day we're going to collect that for that student. So we're really just looking for evidence at some point in time in the week that they are doing this, that we have some evidence of this. And we may have multiple numbers within this category. Maybe there's multiple times we see a check mark here that they were listening and responding. So we put a check mark next to their name. Then we do it again for the next day and then the next day. We're really looking again here for skills. We also have things such as vocabulary, spelling, and grammar. Now we can collect this evidence through their practice. Maybe we're focused on plural words for spelling. So we're going to collect something that's going to give us evidence that they understand plural words, and we'll put the mark in that column. Maybe for grammar this week, we're going to be looking specifically for periods because we're talking about sentences end with periods. And we're going to tell our students we're really focusing on making sure that our writing this week is using proper punctuation. So we may collect all of the students' writing samples for the week and just quickly look to see if they're using punctuation properly that week. And then there's evidence of that. And then we'll record it that week. Maybe next week it will be on subject verb agreement. So then we're going to collect their writing or collect maybe a worksheet that they've done. And we're going to put our mark in this week's column just about subject verb agreement. So we're picking a skill and we can track it all here in this chart. We also have reading. Now this is going to be your reading comprehension. This is going to be whether you can do that critical analysis. You can answer those questions. This is where I am going to be collecting students' reading responses, and I will record their marks in the column for critical literacy. Perhaps I will be asking students to tell me retell. Maybe it's an oral retell. Maybe it's a written retell or a written summary. And we ask them to tell me, do they understand the main ideas in, say, a guided reading session? Do they understand what the main idea of the story is? Can they tell it to me in a guided reading session? I'm going to record it in that column for this week. We also have media. Now, this can happen anytime in our week. This is, again, we're focused on media at being online responsible citizens. So are you going to play a game of Kahoot in drama this week? Great. You can mark 
that for drama, they understand something about drama, elements of dramatic play. But in that same time, you're also going to be noticing, are they responsible online? Do they handle themselves responsible, responsibly? Do they, are they digital citizens? Do they use that skill? Whatever skill you're going to be looking for, what at some point in time you used media this week, use that and track it here inside that one column so that every single week you have one piece of paper that you're looking for literacy skills. You're looking for evidence of skills that students are demonstrating. And then every week you use a new page and you're tracking different skills that week. That means that you have, at the end of the year, you will have 40 of these pages and you'll have a really good understanding of what skills students are able to do and lots of data collected. And it's all streamlined and organized for literacy. And finally, we have summative assessments, which you typically collect one to two times per term. Summative assessments give you an overall picture of how students are applying the skills you've covered throughout the term. Some of these could be projects that you do at the end of a unit of study or even tests. Finally, let's explore what summative assessment is in literacy. Summative assessment is a place to provide an overall view of students' proficiency levels to determine whether they're ready to move on. They should be conducted one or two times per term. One approach is to take some of the formative assessments that you've conducted during the term and use them to inform your summative assessment. For example, you might select a reading response or writing task that represents the culmination of student skills that they have been learning. This task can be more weighted heavily than others and can be a valuable summative assessment tool. Additionally, you can periodically ask students to select a piece of their writing or their work from other subjects that they're particularly proud of. You can have them revise and refine it and then submit it for a final mark. Summative assessment will tell us that they've learned the skill you were teaching them, that they have an overall proficiency level, and identifies whether or not they are ready to move on or how they are doing overall. Now, I like to take some of my formative and have it inform my summative. I like to do this sort of as a overall level in the terms, if you think of midterm and, and final at the end of the term. So this could be something as simple as I give my students one of the reading responses, perhaps, you know, the middle of October, I say, okay, this reading response, we're going to do this as a whole class right now. I'm going to be marking it. It's going to form a portion of your final grade, this is a really important one. We're going to apply all of the things we've learned up until this point, And this is one that we're going to sort of weight heavily is going to be a example of a summative assessment. Same skill that they've been doing all along, but I may pick the question that I want them to answer and I may give them a whole class time. So instead of doing centers that week, I may just use this as summative time and I will give them that one reading response that they do, and it'll show me a culmination of skills. And that will be weighted stronger than some of the other pieces that they've been doing as practice, which will provide formative assessment pieces of information for me. I may also, every once in a while, throw in an exit card if there's a skill I want to sort of see, or I may just tell them that one of the tasks that's already scheduled is going to be something I'm going to take seriously. So every once in a while, I might just take something and an activity they did in their centers, and I might say, hey, this center's activity this week, you're going to do it, I'm going to collect it, and it's going to count. Like it's, a, it's not just something that's going to tell us how you're doing to give feedback, but this is something I want to focus on and pay attention. So make sure you know that this is weighted differently. 
This also helps to determine their learning portfolio. I really like using things like their pieces of writing go into their portfolio. And then I want them to self-select a piece of writing that they are really proud of. I might do it two times per term for writing. Again, two times I might ask them to grab their favorite piece of writing that they have done so far to take the feedback that we discussed in their feedback conference with me. I may have give them some extra time, perhaps that week that I'm not doing centers because I'm doing the reading response. I might give them some time to do some peer feedback and share it and use that time to improve that one piece of writing that they've already been working on. And then they'll submit that for a final mark. And I want them to use the publishing skills and have it in a good copy and type it out if needed. And I'll use that as that good copy piece that they're going to submit for me. And I will weight that one heavier. And they'll have some reflection pieces and explain to me why it is that they're submitting this one as well for their portfolio for the year. I also may use exit cards. And this could simply be, I will tell them as an exit card for the, for the week that I'm going to be collecting specifically an element of their Word work centers are going to be collecting even their writing. Even if they're not done, I'm going to take a snapshot of their writing of something they've worked on this week. And I'm going to collect it and mark it for spelling and punctuation or grammar and make sure that they're actually applying that skill. And I'll collect a piece of work that they're doing for the week and assess it for one specific skill in a summative task. So I might say, okay, this week, you know, we wrote something for social studies. I'm going to collect that and mark it for your punctuation and whether or not you're applying the punctuation lessons that we've been learning over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to apply those and make sure that you're actually putting them in where they properly go inside your paragraphs. So that's really how I'm going to be using some of There's nothing super formal about it. I'm not creating anything new, but I'm just selecting snapshots in time for students to show me what they're learning. And I will take that and weight it more heavily than I would some of the other pieces. So I hope that gives you a good idea of how to assess or how I assess in my language classroom to give you some simple strategies that you can implement that will have you assessing students each and every week and gathering all this tremendous amount of data, most of it being gathered during instructional time so that you can form a really solid understanding of where your students are, where they're going, and what they need next. This process not only provides a summative assessment, but also encourages students to reflect on their progress and learning. Incorporating exit cards or snapshots of student works from various weeks can also be part of their summative assessment strategy. The key here is to select assessments that showcase their overall proficiency, understanding, and growth. And there you have it, a comprehensive approach to assessing students in your literacy program. Remember, assessment is a dynamic process. It involves diagnostic, formative, and some assessment components. By utilizing a variety of these tools and strategies, you can gain some really valuable insights into your students' progress and tailor your teaching to meet their individual needs. Teaching can certainly have its moments. So thank you for spending these last few moments listening to another episode of the Ignite Your Teaching video podcast. Check out our show notes or swing by www.madlylearning.com to dive deeper into today's topic. Now, if you ever feel like you're shuffling through the same old worksheets or just tired of the DIY merry-go-round, 
We get it. And that's why at Madly Learning, we have a range of high quality resources just for you. You can explore them over on our TPT store or check out www.madlylearning.com forward slash shop.